Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. You just heard the number to call, 303-690-3000, to be on the show, to be on the air, to ask your questions about the Bible or Christian living or what's our worldview as Christians. And so I'd love to be able to have that conversation with you for us to be able to go to the Bible together and seek God's Word because God's Word is truth. 303-690-3000. Grab one of those open lines. So blessed to be with you once again. Took a little bit of time off last week uh, for the holiday week, and uh, it was a time of refreshment and renewal. My name is Jeff Figgs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley, and I pray that this summer, as we find ourselves in what they call the lazy days of summer, that you find yourself being refreshed and renewed in the Lord. And I hope and pray that this show uh, is a blessing and benefit to you, refreshing to you, informative, and uh, a blessing and encouraging. And that's our desire here on Calvary Live. So this is the opportunity for you to call in and ask questions or give prayer requests, because I know that we need prayer. Matter of fact, I was uh, getting ready for our Sunday service, and Paul, at the end of chapter 15 of Romans, he's asking for prayer. And uh, we uh, need to be praying for one another. And uh, it's a good thing to ask for prayer. I remember when I was first a young pastor, I used to think, I can't ask for prayer. I'm a pastor. I you know, shouldn't be doing that. I need to be praying for other people. But then I've come to realize over the years that there's nothing wrong with asking for prayer. Paul the Apostle, uh, the great Apostle Paul, asked for prayer uh, for the saints, uh, for himself to the saints, they're in Rome. So if you need prayer, please give us a call. We'd love to pray with you and bless you. Uh, welcome all the Grace FM listeners uh, in Colorado and Wyoming. So glad you can join us on this beautiful summer day. And then also I want to welcome all the listeners on the East Coast. Uh, perhaps you're listening in on Hope FM or Truth FM radio networks. You are a week delayed in the program, but you can call at that number, 303-690-3000. want to welcome all the online listeners. That audience is growing. Uh, people calling from all over the country. Uh, you can give us a call today. We want to welcome you, and so glad that you're uh, listening in on Calvary Live uh, as we talk about the things of the Lord, as we uh, go to the Scriptures to get answers, as we go to the throne of grace in time of need, as we offer up prayer for one another. So 303-690-3000 is the number to call. There is, as most of you know, another means to be able to ask questions or prayer requests, and that is a dedicated text line, 720-336-0897. Again, 
888-520-0897. Hey, if you're a new listener to Calvary Live, love to hear from you. Let us know that you have found us and um, how much it has blessed you. Uh, so give us a call, and, and we'd love to be able to talk with you. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley. And once again, so blessed to be with you. So grab one of those open lines, and let's go right now to line one to Forrest in Greeley. Forrest? Forrest? Hello? Yep. How how are you, Forrest? Pretty good. Pretty good. Good. Thanks for calling. Yeah, um, I'm just calling for prayer request for uh, my friend John Eddy. Um, he just... Uh, been struggling with sobriety, and uh, he's um, he's actually hurt himself recently. He went to the hospital for it, so um, just really need prayer for him. He's just yeah, just falling on some hard times, and I just you know I pray that you know God reaches reaches him. So uh, absolutely, and I'm thankful that he has a friend like you, Forrest, that cares and is praying for him and asking for prayer. So Father, we do pray for uh, John Eddy. We we know that alcoholism, um, it is bondage, and it is a struggle, an addiction that uh, a lot of people are, are have and struggle with, and it's harmful. So, Lord, we pray for him, John Eddy, right now. We lift him up. We pray that you would free uh, him from that. You would free him from the bondage of alcoholism, and, and Lord, that uh, you would give him the strength to be clean, uh, to be able to be sober, uh, to uh, walk away from alcohol. Uh, we just pray that y- you would do that work supernaturally in his life and uh, in his heart and uh, press that upon him. Uh, bring that touch to him. Show yourself strong on his behalf. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Hey, thanks, Forrest. Thank you, appreciate, appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right. You bet. Take it easy. Abs- All right. You bet. Absolutely. All right. If you need prayer for a friend, for yourself, for family members, give us a call, 303-690-3000. want to also give you that dedicated text line because it, as time allows, and sometimes in the summer uh, when uh, calling may not be backed up or the line's full, uh, if we have time to go, go to those text prayer requests and questions, I'd love to be able to do that. Uh, so we do have a couple open lines. When somebody uh, is finished uh, talking with me, that means there's an open line. So grab one of those early in the show, 303-690-3000. In the meantime, we're going to go to Mike in Denver. Mike? Hi, hi, Jeff. How are you? Good. How are you, Mike? Oh, I've enjoyed listening to your, to your radio show. Um, at, I think it's at 3.30. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, it's very, very informative. Um, yeah, I had a question. I also uh, had issues with alcohol, and okay. about four years ago, I walked into a Calvary church and uh, rededicated my life, and haven't had a drink since or a drug. So praise God. I he's I know he's that the one... if you put your heart towards the Lord, yes. and stay in His Word every day and go to church on a weekly basis, I think he could stay away from alcohol and drugs. Yeah, he's I'm, the one that frees us. Amen? I'm living proof. Living proof, yeah. Jeff. Uh, Th- I'm thanks. concerned right now with my church. 
we've uh, just decided that um, through the pastoral that uh, they're eliminating the Wednesday night service. Uh-huh. And uh, it's kind of a concern for me, being that I never miss Wednesday night service. There's not a big crowd, but there are a remnant of people that count on it. And uh, right. So uh, just you know, I was wondering well, uh, what you thought of it. Well, we'll certainly pray for them. That seems to be. Kind of a trend that's going on, not all service uh, churches, but there's very few nowadays that, that are doing Wednesday night service. Even I've, I've noticed some of the Calvaries have stopped doing some of the Wednesday mm-hmm. nights. It, it used to be, um, when I first got into ministry, I've been in ministry 27 years, that a lot of churches mm-hmm. did a Sunday morning, Sunday night, yes. and yes. Wednesday nights. There's very few that do a Sunday night. And mm-hmm. uh, and then Wednesday night is something that isn't done a whole lot. And I know there's a few churches that, that do it. We do a Wednesday night. We've always done a Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. To me, personally, I'm going to give you my uh, thoughts on it, and this is my own personal thoughts as a pastor, uh, because I think Wednesday nights are so important. Yes. Uh, they're, they're a huge part of our weekly services. We live in a, a culture, we live in a society where— People are working weekends. Uh, mm-hmm. They're working, you know, swing shifts, night shifts. Wednesday night is uh, another option for them because some people they can't come on the weekends. And we yeah. do have tech. We have technology to where you can listen on live stream. You can listen, um, you know, Facebook Live. Uh, all those things that that are available, but it's not the same as being in fellowship. It's not. And, we right. place a, a big emphasis on Wednesday nights because uh, Wednesday nights uh, is a large service for us. Sometimes it's not attended well. Sometimes it is attended well. Uh, but uh, we have the children's ministry. We have nursery. We have the youth groups that meet um, for you know youth. So to us, it's an important part of our ministry. We'll always have a Wednesday night as long as I'm here. And here's the thing, Mike, that um, you got to keep at it. I think what happens sometimes is pastors feel like, you know, maybe 10 people come, 20 people, 30 people come, and it's not worth it. I always yes. had the mindset of if if one person comes, then I'm going to make sure they're the best fed, best loved sheep in Greeley. And mm-hmm. if one person comes, we're going to minister to them, or five people, or 10 people. And I think over the years, you know, we used to have Wednesday night. I'd, I'd be looking at my watch five minutes to seven, wondering if anybody was going to come besides my family. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, I remember one time particularly, Mike, not to get sidetracked on a story, but I remember oh, years okay. ago when we first came, you know, Wednesday nights was uh, just a handful of people. I mean, our church was 50 people. And and I remember this whole big laughing revival was uh, spreading through the churches and you know, mm-hmm. there's one guy that was in town that was attracting large crowds. And um, and I remember doing a Wednesday night. Nobody was there five minutes before service. And I remember thinking, why am I doing this? I need to just quit doing this and drop Wednesday nights. And I remember I went in the back room and started praying. And the Lord said, listen, you just be faithful 
to doing what I've called you to do. I'll take care of the results. And from that time, I've always just committed Wednesday nights to the Lord. And Wednesday nights, that means a whole nother study to get ready for. Um, But it's been very beneficial because I've been able to take the congregation through all 66 books of the Bible because we're generally just going through the Old Testament on Wednesday nights. Not always. We're going through the book of Revelation right now on Wednesday nights. You know, and oh. and so without yeah. that Wednesday night, we weren't able to do all sixty six books. I'm able to cover more, you know, territory uh, instead of a few verses or ten verses or twenty verses, maybe a couple chapters, um, yes. to get people equipped. But Wednesday nights are very important. So that's how I feel about Wednesday nights. But I have noticed that there tends to be uh, less and less churches that are doing Wednesday nights. Some have gone to prayer meetings, some have gone to small groups, and there's yeah. nothing wrong with those things at all, but I've chosen what the Lord has laid on my heart to just keep doing the Wednesday nights. Well, I'll tell you, Jeff, I walked into a Wednesday night service four years ago, drunken, broken, suicidal. Yeah. And God did a work. Yes. He did it work, yeah. And, you know, Mike, here's here's something, and it may be for somebody who's listening, what the Lord has shown me. I'm not going to worry about, I'm not going to stress over, I'm not going to emphasize those who are not there on a Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. I'm going to minister to those who are there. You know, yeah, I, yeah, I care for the sheep that aren't there. I, I want to follow up. I, I want to keep track. But, but, I'm not going to count the empty chairs. I'm going to yeah, be there's, there's ministering to those generation. who are there. Yeah. There's a new generation there. coming in, and I'm afraid for the churches, even Calvary churches, my friend. Yeah. Well, so, why don't we pray, well, okay? Yeah. So, Father, I pray. I thank you for Mike. I thank you, first of all, for his, his testimony that he has given uh, that you're the one that frees us from addictions, from drugs, from alcohols. You did that work, that healing work in him, and it was because he walked into a, a service on a Wednesday night. And I know that there are others that have that same testimony. But, Lord, for his church, I pray that you would just um, put it on the hearts of the leadership, um, and, Lord, that you would just uh, speak to them, and that for Mike, uh, that he would be able to continue to be in fellowship on a Wednesday night because it's important to him. And, uh, Lord, we just pray that you would just work um, in the way that you desire. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hey, Thank you. Hey, blessings, Thank you, Mike. God you bless bet, you. absolutely. Good to, good to hear from you. All right, give me a call, 303-690-3000. This is Jeff Figgs with Calvary Live with you once again. I was gone last week and, and uh, just had a refreshing time. Uh, just being away a for um, uh, the holiday week and holiday Independence Day on Thursday. And and one of the things that the Lord has really shown me, it's, it's important to have those quiet times, those uh, times of being refreshed and renewed. It was a time where uh, I didn't have a heavy schedule at all, just was able to uh, spend some time with the Lord, just be quiet before the Lord, um, and to be able to just be refreshed and renewed in that way. It reminds me, those of you who know the story of Jesus, read about it in the Synoptic Gospels, that he told his disciples 
let's uh, come apart uh, to a quiet place. Uh, and he would take them off, and they would go to a quiet place so he could spend some time with them. And I've come to realize that if we don't come apart with the Lord just to a quiet place, that we're going to end up falling apart, and, and we need those times of being refreshed and renewed. And I know that that summertime is a time for that, uh, where you're going to get away. Perhaps you might go camping. You might uh, get up and do some fishing or perhaps uh, take a vacation with you and your family. I just want to encourage you, make sure you take the Lord with you. Take the Lord with you, because that's where you're going to be refreshed and renewed and uh, having those times of just being quiet before Him. So that's my prayer for you, and and uh, so glad that we're able to do those things at times. And But also very glad to be back with you. So uh, give me a call at 303-690-3000, that text line, again, 720-336-0897. Send a text, a prayer request, or a question, and perhaps we'll have some time to be able to do that. Well, we're going to continue with the phone lines. We've got a couple open phone lines. Let's go to Parker Valeria is on line three. Hello. Hello. How are you? Hi. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for taking my call. Absolutely. Great. Um, My question was in regards to the different accounts of um, Jesus' resurrection. I I was reading, uh, I'm doing this Bible study, and it it touches upon uh, the resurrection and um, the different accounts. So it's uh, Luke, John, and Mark. Um, In Luke, my question was in regards to why it's a little different in each, um, pretty much in each, in, 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 uh, it's, it's a little different in each story. Um, right. I'm just trying to pull up here, Luke 24, 24, 1, 2, 3. Um, okay. Yeah, so I'll tell you where it's a little different, but um, it, it's about um, Mary Magdalene, how she... In one account, she um, understands what the angel of God has told her and then runs to the disciples, and they don't believe her, but she um, understands what the angel told her. In another account, um, she runs to the disciples, and she's scared, and she's kind of yelling, like, oh, they stole Jesus' body. And then in the other um, account, they said that she was so scared, she didn't speak at all about it. (laughs) So I was just confused. Yeah, and I think um, you can do a study and put it all together because each gospel gives kind of a little bit different account, gives a fuller account of the resurrection. So it's not contradicting each other, Mm -hmm. but as you put it together, and and I'm going to kind of go by a little bit by memory because there is a lot of information that's there. John's gospel, as you know, talks about uh, Mary— uh, when she was there at the tomb, and then she turned to uh, see who she thought was the gardener, right? And yeah. um, and it was Jesus. So we have that account, the emphasis there. And then uh, the Synoptic Gospels talk about the women who came to the tomb, and it's interesting because in Luke's Gospel that you're making reference to, they came very mm-hmm. early in the morning. I think one of the other Gospels says before it was light— um, and we know that they come to the tomb. Matthew tells us that as they came to the tomb, um, they are wondering who's going to roll away the stone. Matthew mm-hmm. tells us something very important because 
when they put Jesus in the tomb, they went mm-hmm. to, it was the religious leaders, to Pilate to set a guard. They said, we don't want anybody stealing the body of Jesus. So it was Pilate that said, you have a guard, you make it as secure as you know how. That's very important for us to understand. Because mm-hmm. here those women coming before it's even light, at the break of day, they're coming, they're wondering who's going to roll away the stone. And we know that Matthew tells us that there was an angel that uh, bright in countenance, a mighty angel that rolled away the stone. When those soldiers saw that, they freaked out. They were like dead men, and they ran away. Yeah. And, and I always wonder if here are these women coming to tomb and they see these soldiers, because it wasn't just a guard, one soldier. It was, history tells us, a guard was 12 to 16 soldiers that would be watching that tomb 24-7, and they would also set a seal, we are told. Now, a seal would be across that stone that closed up the tomb, and it would be like two leather straps and the Roman seal in the middle. And anybody that dare come along, break that seal, try to take the body of Jesus, they were in big trouble. So here you have Rome's, you know, fighting men that are watching that tomb. They take off. I, the only ones that we know, as far as Matthew's gospel, is Pilate and the religious leaders. Those women have no idea that the soldiers are there. They have no idea that the tomb has been sealed. And I think mm-hmm. that if they would have known that the soldiers were there— and the tomb was sealed, they would not have gone to the tomb, perhaps. They would have said, forget it, we're not going to get in. But they come, they're wondering who's going to open the seal. They get there, they see an angel sitting on top of the tomb, speaks to him, he's not here. We know that Luke gives a little bit different account, that it says they found the stone rolled away from the tomb, and then um, when they went in, didn't find the body of Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that two men mm-hmm. stood by them in shining garments. So they see two more angels there. They're perplexed. They don't come to the tomb thinking, "Oh yeah, it's the resurrection." They're they're you know they're trying to process right. all this stuff that's going on. And then one of them says, "He's not here, but risen." And then they returned to the tomb, told all these things to the eleven and the rest. And it was Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, the other women who went. And then it says that Peter rose and ran to the tomb. Stooping down, he saw the linen clothes lying by themselves. He departed. One of the other Gospels says that when they came and um, and told them, uh, well, Luke's Gospel says it seemed to them like idle tales. You know, these guys, here they are hiding in some room. They're all depressed. You know, here these women come. They're excited. Hey, he's not there. Uh, we're told that he's risen. Peter and John run to the tomb. I think John's gospel tells us that John got there first. They look in, they see the garments, but they don't see the body. They go back. At that time, Mary Magdalene then goes back, and she, um, you know, looks in, and again, um, she turns to who she supposes is is Jesus, the the. Um, you know, who was the gardener, and it was Jesus. And Jesus said one word, Mary, and she knew that it was her Lord. And Mary, don't Mm -hmm. cling to me. And go tell the disciples, you know, that uh, I will meet them in Galilee. So all these things that are taking place, you kind of got to put it together chronologically. 
So Mary was the first missionary that gave the gospel yeah. the good news that the tomb is empty. So I, I think hopefully that helps a little bit, but you can kind yeah. of put it together and, and, and see what happens. And and they're just given a fuller account of the resurrection, which is absolutely amazing. But a couple things is, number one, they were able to, um, you know, be used of the Lord to give that message the gospel because they were there. They were there on that morning. And, you know, as we just are there, you know, with the Lord, growing in the Lord, we have that same message, but, you know, they're perplexed. And, and here the angel says, you know, he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, that the son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. And then it says they remembered his words. And I think Valeria, that we lose kind of hope and we get confused and we get discouraged and we end up perplexed because we forget what the Lord says to us. And we forget that I he's think alive. So too. And once yeah, we amen. remember that, once we remember that, then clarity comes and comfort comes. And, and that's what I like to gather, particularly from Luke's gospel. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I figured, you know, uh, different encounters have different details for everything. So it wasn't a really big deal, but I just wanted to... To ask you that question, um, since I was a little confused about it. Yeah, but very good so question. Absolutely. Thank you for calling. Appreciate your questions. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. <laughs> you have a good day. Yeah. Bye bye. You too. God bless you. Very good questions. You know, that's this message that we have to give to others that Jesus is alive. He's alive. And what I like about Luke's. Uh, account of the resurrection is they were perplexed because they weren't looking for the resurrection. But then he spoke to you. Remember, he told you that he would be crucified on the third day, rise again, because the disciples didn't understand that these women didn't know. Um, and all of a sudden, when they remember what he said, that he's going to rise from the grave, clarity comes, hope comes, comfort comes, joy comes. Um, and that's what happens with us when we remember the words of Jesus, uh, what he tells us, and that he is alive. The same thing happens with us. There's joy, and there's comfort, and uh, hope comes because he is our hope. And then Peter, later on in his epistle, in First Peter, he opens it up by saying that we have a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so uh, just the, the most incredible news in the history of the world, that the tomb is empty. And it makes Christianity, you know, unique to all other, you know, religions. There's an empty tomb in Jerusalem, and it proves that Jesus is the Son of God, that he conquered sin and death, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. And so we have that living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Listen, if anybody's listening today on today's program, there is no hope apart from Jesus Christ. Your hope is not in yourself. Your hope is not in trying to be good because you will never be good enough. Your hope is not in a church. Your hope is not in the world. Oh, this world's going to come to a terrible, terrible end. That's what we're studying on Wednesday nights in the book of Revelation. Um, your hope is in Jesus Christ who rose from the grave and the tomb is empty. And so I pray that if you never considered that, that perhaps... Uh, that you would right now. You would turn to Jesus, your hope, and know that he died for you on Calvary's cross and he rose from the grave and he's alive and he is 
your salvation. There is none other. And if you got any questions on that, give us a call at 303-690-3000. Love to be able to talk to you about those things. We got a couple open lines, but uh, we're going to get ready to go to break. Let's go ahead. I'm going to say hello to Carrie on line one. Carrie? Yeah, hello. Hi, Carrie. Thanks for calling in. Hey, we're getting ready to go to break, but I I didn't want you to hold too long. And I know that you got a question. And uh, so um, if we have to cut off for the break, that's okay. And uh, sure. but I want you to go ahead and give your question, and then after the break, we'll pick up our conversation. Is that okay? Okay, sure, sure. Okay, okay. Uh, a friend of mine. Okay, a friend. Here, here it is. There's the music. Sorry okay. about that, Carrie. <laughs> All right. But you hold Thank on. You. It'll be about ninety I seconds. I I appreciate your patience. Yeah. And we'll be back Thanks. with Carrie after the break. You're listening to Calvary Live. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. So good to be with you on this uh, afternoon and a beautiful summer day. The number to call you just heard is 303-690-3000 for you to be on the air uh, give me a call, and uh, we'd love to talk to you about the things of the Lord. I believe we have an open line. Let me give you that text number again. That text number is 720-336-0897. We were talking with Carrie right before uh, we went on break, so we're going to go back to her. And Carrie, are you still with us? Yes. Thank you for waiting. You. Mm-hmm. Yes. Appreciate your call. Well, yeah, well, my question is about forgiveness. Um, it's kind of in two parts. Um, like number one would be forgiving others, and then two, forgiving ourselves. A friend and I, a friend and I were talking, and I just want to kind of know what scripture to look up to because he uh, he was saying that unless a person asks for forgiveness, you do not have to forgive them, and I. I just thought that was wrong. I, I read the book by Charles Stanley on forgiveness, and mm-hmm. it really changed my life, basically. Right. It's just, you know, so I don't, I don't really, why, why should we have to wait for somebody? And I know the Lord says, love your enemies, you know, be good to those who curse you. or And right. Luke 6. I just want to kind of narrow it down so I can tell him, you know, it's it's right. okay to, <laughs> you know, like if well, somebody hurts you really bad, like your your brother or yeah. something, and right. you you can't get past that. Of course, it's always going to hurt you, but mm-hmm. yeah, it is. Know. And we read in the scriptures the imperative that we are to forgive. Um, uh-huh. We are to forgive others. I think where Christians get mixed up because, you know, sometimes I say, well, you only forgive if they've repented and um, Correct. Yeah. and stuff. Well, first of all, you know, Jesus, you know, was talking to his disciples and how many times should 
you know, a man forgive. And Peter mm-hmm. says, well, up to seven times. Jesus said, no, it's seven times, 70 times. And it wasn't that he was trying to get Peter to go, okay, let's see, 70 times seven, 490, 490 <laughs> times. It's like right. he, he continues to, to forgive. Um, the imperative to forgive is commandment given to the scriptures and or to the Christians that we have in scripture. I think where um, where people get a little bit confused is they think if I forgive, then there's going to be um, reconciliation. There's mm-hmm. going to be repentance on their part, and it doesn't always mean that. That's mm-hmm. where the confusion comes in. Um, forgiving somebody is making that choice that I'm going to forgive you. It's it's not condoning what they've done. It's not just continuing to be, you know, a victim of abuse or, you know, a doormat to be walked yeah. on or being in that place where you continue to be hurt or whatever. It doesn't mean any of that. It means I am making a choice that I am going to forgive. And if I need to keep, you know, a safe distance or in a safe place, I need to do that. But, Here's the thing. If you don't forgive, then it begins to eat at you like cancer. And then that person still has power over you because you become bitter. You become angry. You know, why haven't they repented? Why do they keep doing it? But to forgive is one of the hardest things that God has called us to do. We can't do it in Mm. our own energy. We can't do it in our own flesh. It has to be a work of God. It's going to the Lord over and over again, bit by bit, yeah. day by day, over and over again. Lord, help me. You, you've called me to forgive. And I know that there's people listening right now that may be thinking, why should I forgive You know, this spouse or this person that really hurt me or this person that really abused me? Um, forgiving is saying, I choose to forgive. Again, it's not, you know, condoning it's not just saying mm-hmm. well oh well what they did no big deal of course it was it brought hurt yeah. to you but it has to be a choice that you make so that you're not in bondage to it and i have seen people over the years in ministry um talking with people that were just very 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 bitter and very upset because they chose not to forgive and waiting for that person to repent or waiting for that person to turn away and uh, so forgiveness is a choice that we make. It doesn't mean that there's going to be reconciling. Um, it doesn't mean that there's going to be, you know, agreement even. Um, uh-huh. But it, it is that person saying, I choose to forgive. So you're not in bondage. And, and that person yeah. no longer has power over you. So I don't know if that makes sense. It does. It does. I, I And I'm, that's what I was kind of leaning towards. Um, oh, and then... To forgive ourselves is is another. I mean, we should be. Isn't that very important too? Because because yeah, it, it, yeah, it just is. When it comes <laughs> to to forgiving ourselves, that can be one of the hardest things. Um, is to forgive ourselves. You know, we feel guilty. We feel mm-hmm. uh, shame. You know, we feel shame. We feel all these things, and. I think the key for us is because I've heard people say, I can't forgive myself for that. And again, a tragedy happened, something happened that they feel like it was their fault, whatever the case may be. Or over time when they did come to repentance, how I treated a spouse, 
how I hurt that person. I have a hard time forgiving. And I think a real key is that to remember that Jesus has forgiven us. Um, and that, um, that as we know that first John says that he says that if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the father, Jesus Christ, the righteous, that if we do sin, confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's kind of like, um, you know, Carrie, Paul, the apostle, he knew that he was forgiven, um, when Mm -hmm. he became a Christian. I mean, but one of the things that really bothered him, weighed heavy on his conscience, is that he persecuted the church. He said, Mm -hmm. I was a waster of the church. I was an insolent man, uh, 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 a violent man. Uh, And Paul the Apostle, he would take a collection to the saints there in Rome, in, in, in the book of Romans. He asked for prayer. He says that my ministry may be acceptable to those in Jerusalem. And I know that it's because the the Jews there, or the believing Jews, that is, in Jerusalem, because the Christians there in Jerusalem were, you know, coming out of Judaism, that they would hold Paul out of arm's length because Paul talked about grace. And they were still finding their way in that. They were still struggling with all that. And that was a big deal mm-hmm. and still kind of bound up with the law. But the other thing, too, was is that there were those who perhaps would see Paul and say, he persecuted my family member. You know, wow. he persecuted our friends. So that mm-hmm. weighed heavy on Paul's heart. And he's writing to the Philippian believers. And as he's writing to them, he's talking about how he was, you know, have no confidence in the flesh. Man, I was a Pharisee of Pharisee. I was zeal, had zeal. Uh, you know, persecuting the church concerning the righteousness, which is the law, blameless. But he goes on and he says, I don't count myself to have apprehend, but one thing I do is forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Uh, I press towards yeah. the goal, the prize, the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You know, oh. he he's saying this, not that he just said, I'm not going to think about it ever. Of course he did. Mm-hmm. He said, I persecuted the church, but I'm not going to let those things hinder me from moving forward to the ministry that the Lord has given to me. And I know yeah. that there may be some people out there that they just, they've been, you know, just um, really hindered because of something. And and Paul says, I'm going to, you know, uh, forget those things which are behind. And, okay. you know, I heard somebody once say, if you got baggage, then drop the bags and keep moving forward. And I know it's easier said than done, but it's done in Christ. You keep moving forward. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Know that you're forgiven. And um, and I'm thankful that I'm forgiven because I think all of us, we live life to where we have things that perhaps we're ashamed of or yeah. things that, you know, it's like I did hurt that person. And, um, you know, if there's no opportunity to reconcile or anything like that, then that can weigh on us. And it can weigh on us for years. And uh, so the key is, uh, to remember that we are forgiven and that we can move forward in those things uh, that are behind. We can forget those things and reach forward to those things which are ahead as well. So um, that's our prayer. Yeah. Okay. That- well, yeah, great. I, I, I understand then how you, you know, to let go of the baggage. You have more time to concentrate on your relationship with the Lord, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, and you know that's like I said, it takes a lot of prayer and mm-hmm. allowing the Lord to comfort you and um, allowing the Lord to just that's living in God's grace um, and just mm-hmm. growing in that grace and His love and His comfort. I have to keep my eyes on the Lord, otherwise it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we get drugged down, weighed down with all these things that happen in life. So mm-hmm. hopefully that helps. Could, could, yeah, could you pray for my friend so he understands this? His name is Jeff. Okay, I sure will. So, Father, we pray for him. We just pray as Carrie um, is understanding forgiveness is such an incredible thing that we're forgiven because of Jesus Christ who went to the cross. and He bore our sins upon himself. And, Lord, I thank you that we can come and ask for forgiveness. And if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and to understand what God's Word declares, that we are forgiven. And, Lord, when we feel the weight and the guilt and the pain of of what we've done and the consequences, (laughs) that we would keep our eyes on you. And, Lord, that we would live in your grace and in your love. And as Paul would say, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. And be able to press towards the goal of the prize, the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And we know it has to be a work that you do. It has to be a work of choosing to forgive, especially when we've been hurt or cut deep, uh, abandoned uh, by somebody. That, Lord, um, we know that it may not bring reconciliation, um, The pain is still there, but it's a choice so that we're not in bondage uh, to bitterness and anger and all those things that can take us away from you. So I just pray for Jeff. We just pray that um, he would just come to understand your forgiveness, and all of us would. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Carrie. Yeah, thank you so much for taking my call. You You have a good day. Absolutely. You too. All right. Got plenty of time in the show for some callers. We got a couple open lines, uh, 303-690-3000. Let's go to Trino in Denver. Trino? Hello? Not on the air. So we're going to, um, there's a question, though, uh, that called. So uh, getting back to my my screen here. Um God does everything for a reason. Um, so just asking prayer for a daughter and um, and for the family. Um, so um, it's very difficult to talk on the air. So let's pray. Father, I pray for Trino and his um, family. His daughter was uh, uh, murdered. And, uh, Lord, we just pray for the family. We just pray for um, healing, for strength, for comfort. And such a tragedy. And, Lord, you know the circumstances. We just pray that you would uh, intervene and draw them all to yourself and and wrap them uh, in your loving arms and keep them under the shadow of your wings, Lord. And even as David would write in the Psalms uh, in those times that we are just overwhelmed and things don't make sense and it is so hard and so difficult that David would write that hear my cry, O God, and attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth I will cry to you when my heart is overwhelmed. For you've been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. And I will abide in your tabernacle forever and trust in the shelter of your wings. I pray that they would find that. That, Lord, that you would um, just lead them to the rock, the rock Jesus Christ. 
and work in this situation. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, again, we're going to go to the phone lines. We still got a couple open lines. Let's go to Kyle in Loveland. Kyle? Yes, Pastor. How are you, sir? Very good, sir. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thanks for calling. Excellent. Uh, you know, first off, I did want to start. This might seem kind of random, but, uh, you know, there's been several times I've tuned into Grace FM, and I don't know what it was uh, initially about listening to you teach, but I found a lot of difficulty in it. Because of that, I got kind of an attitude. Uh, so I want to say that, you know, I apologize for just my heart on that matter. And I know, you know, I've looked into your teaching ministry, and I know you're a great man of God, and you just do really great work. And, I mean, I just want to apologize before God and show you honor by saying that I think it's really impressive what you've done with everything and uh, the amount of people you help. So, well, thank that. you, Kyle. Appreciate it. So, Yes, yeah. sir. Thank you. Appreciate uh, your words. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then on to my question was, um, one of the walks I'm in right now that I've just, everything's been amazing because of God. The more I press in, I'm about four or five years into the faith and, uh, mm-hmm. life just keeps increasing. Everything keeps getting, the more I forgive, the more I, everything just gets better. Uh, praise God. Praise God. Praise God indeed, sir. Uh, one thing I've found a lot of difficulty with because of well, no excuses, but I work in the construction industry, so I'm around a lot uh-huh. of just, you know, right, regular men and um, yeah. like to use a lot of different colorful languages yes. uh, in Spanish and English. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I, yes. you know, I really, I, man, it's just something I would really like to route out of myself. And I've gotten a lot better with it, but I don't know if there is... Um, any kind of biblical knowledge or sort of direction you might be able to give me that when I yeah. get to those moments that I could consider a little more to press into. Yeah, and, you know, speech is very important. Uh, I think about how uh, Paul told Timothy, Timothy, be an example, you know, in speech, you know, behavior, your conduct. Um, and it has to be the Lord working, but it is, it's, you know, it's an environment you're in construction or, you know, you're out in the oil fields or really wherever you are, um, that, you know, those things can be around it. And um, it's not just cursing even or cussing, or it can be just, you know, um, you know, talk that, uh, of course, jesting, which is, you know, like dirty jokes, foolish talking. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And Paul talks about that all in Ephesians. So I would encourage you to read Ephesians chapter 4 and chapter 5 um, because he covers those things. But he says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, this is Ephesians chapter 4, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed by the day of redemption. And he says, you know, just let all the bitterness and wrath and clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Um, and then he goes on and he says that don't let, you know, foolish talking, coarse jesting, it's not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. So first of all, to give of thanks, he starts by telling us to put on Christ. Um, he says, put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to deceitful lust, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. 
So I think the real key is, Kyle, you're doing this. You said you're growing in the Word of God. You're growing in the Word. You know, the things that he showed you in your opening statements to to me is, you know, that's the Lord showing you these things. And, and just the Word of God is beginning to get into your heart. And now, you know, it's so wonderful when the Holy Spirit begins to convict us of our behaviors or speech and, and all these different things. And that's a good thing. And it's always to draw him to us. But it's important, be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you may put on the new man, which is created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So, you know, you're a new creation in Christ. You belong to him. So renew your mind with the word of God. Keep giving it to the Lord, and you're going to see the Lord doing that supernatural work in you. Even when you're around, you know, the guys, and, you know, it can tend to slip out very easily and all this stuff. Hey, I'm a Christian, and I'm told that I'm not to let any corrupt word proceed out of her mouth. And it really, it grieves me when, you know, there was a there was a well-known pastor a while back that he was known as the cussing pastor. And then I've heard, I you heard all talk of about that. Well, and it's unfortunate. And there have been those even of recently of people that have talked to me and said, you know, our pastor, you know, cussed and stuff. And I don't know the context of it or what at all, but it ought not to be definitely behind the pulpit, but definitely, you know, for us as, as Christians, we're not to, to speak corrupt words. And, uh, but everything that we say is for edification. And, and I think that's what we need to do in renewing our mind in the Spirit, taking in the Word of God. And then, Lord, the things I'm going to say, because I think, the, the, especially with, with social media, you know, Kyle, yes, you sir. know, the things that Christians say on social media, it's just like, you know, it ought not to be. And it's oh. unfortunate. I, and I ev- deleted my Facebook account last week because of all that. That's... <laughs> Yeah, and it's like, um, as Christians, we need to be edifying, we need to be uplifting, impart grace to the hearers, let our speech be with salt, uh, seasoned with grace. Uh, We are to be ones that um, are different than the world, not talking like the world. And I think it's more than just, you know, uh, even the words of corrupt words or cursing, uh, foolish talking, coarse jesting, which is making a dirty joke out of everything. Mm-hmm. You know, that is gossip and slander. All those things go into what Paul is telling us. Uh, don't let any uh, corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. And it's very unfortunate that um, when Christians get involved with that. So it's just, you know, giving it to the Lord, desiring to please the Lord, keep growing in the Word of God, renewing your your mind with the Word, uh, and then uh, keeping focus on the things of God. And I know that can be difficult when you're at work and, you know, it's all around you, words flying all over the place. That's why you got to put on the whole armor of God, <laughs> because it's yeah, a battle out there. And that's Ephesians there. 6, isn't it? It's Ephesians 6. Yep, you got to put that's... on the whole armor of God. Because here's the thing. You go out there without the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, without the sword to you know, the, which is the Word of God, all those pieces of armor that are there. You know, the world comes against you, Satan comes against you, and, you know, Satan doesn't fight fair. And it, no. it isn't like you can say, okay, Mr. Satan, can I go, you know, back home and put on my armor because I forgot to put it on, <laughs> or I haven't had yeah. devotions for the last month, you know? It's yeah. so important today um, that we are ones that we continue you know, and just being in the Word of God, I am so convinced of that. 
more than ever um, that we Amen. we need to continue in the scriptures as Paul told Timothy since you've known from childhood. So hopefully that helps, Kyle. Yeah, it helps a lot. Um, thank you, Pastor, and thank you all for uh, Grace FM. I want you to know has actually been a uh, a huge part of my walk, and I I Good. tune in every day before I go to work. I get some word going and. And you're all, I mean, four or five years in, I was an amazing sinner, and it was a heck of a job to break all of those qualities. Yeah. But pressing into this, listening to y'all, it's been the tools you've given me, and this is another okay. one. I really, really appreciate you guys. God God bless you. I appreciate the encouraging words. Keep listening. Grace we, FM is such a blessing. All right. Thanks, Kyle. Appreciate it. You, no problem. You bet. Bye-bye. Hey, I want to get a call in, Mike from Philadelphia, before we end the show. Hey, Mike. Hey, Pastor. How are you today? Good. How are you today? Uh, just, I actually heading home from work, um, and I just I wasn't planning on calling in. I just, uh, I'm a drug and alcohol therapist in Philadelphia. Um, I, I have the privilege to work with Christian Recovery Home, so I get to see the Lord do a lot in, in some broken people's lives, and uh, I'm an Praise ex-alcoholic God. myself. I uh, grew up in the church, um, you know, kind of like what what you were explaining earlier about kind of how you had your revelation of somebody posing the question, uh, are you actually in the faith, you know, like, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, I definitely, you know, resonate with that because I grew up in the church. I uh, was saved at a young age. Um, I definitely know I had this, the Holy Spirit in me in my late teens, early 20s, and then I had backslid uh, and became a bartender and, and got into alcoholism. Uh, so, you know, I see a lot of clients that really change their lives, and I see them accept Christ, whether it's in my office or at an event we run. And um, some of those guys or gals, they'll end up going back into that sin of addiction because uh, it's such a powerful right. uh, grip um, that the yeah. enemy tries to throw at these people when they get saved. And um, so I guess my question is, uh, you know, when I see some of these people go back out, I've seen some of them overdose and die. I've seen some of them get stuck in the rut where they are back in that mud, so to speak, um, back to their vomit, as it says in Proverbs. Uh, And I I just, you know, I've always kind of struggled with the thought of losing salvation. Right. Right. And it's it's a question that people have. And here's the thing, Mike. we got a couple minutes left on the show. But um, if you're listening on the radio, you're listening like a week um, uh, delayed, but— I was just talking to somebody, you know, and we've been talking on today's show here on Grace FM about how the Lord frees us from, you know, addiction, the very thing that you were just talking about. So it's interesting that he had you call today. But here's the thing. I was reading a verse. I just got through reading it a minute ago that in Ephesians chapter 4 that we have been sealed for the day of redemption. We know that Paul uh, tells us in Ephesians chapter 1 the spiritual blessings that we have, that uh, in him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who's mm. the guarantee of our inheritance until redemption of the purchased possession to the praise and glory. So in Ephesians you have that twice. In Second right. Corinthians we know that Paul talks about us being sealed New by the yeah. yeah, that... Uh, he has prepared us for this very thing, God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. Um, he goes on and says in chapter 5 of Second Corinthians, well, that was chapter 5, excuse me, but in chapter 1, uh, who has also sealed us with the, given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. 
So you can go through all these verses and verses, and you can see that we have security in our um, salvation. I, I really believe that. Um, now, right. a pers- person may backslide. Uh, we know that the Bible also gives warning about those who, you know, continually, habitually in sin, do not inherit right. the kingdom of God. So I am so right. glad, Mike, that the you know I don't I'm not the judge. Um, uh, absolutely, I know you're not the judge. I, I right. I know and, that. Yeah, and, I, I know you but, can't speak on behalf of, of our father. Right. You know? I, exactly. I know but you know, it's but just, it, your your it question so on I, losing your salvation, I believe that you're born again. You're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. The Lord's going to keep right. you. And right. I believe in the security of of the believer, and and that's where I leave it. But I think you brought out some good points. You said, yeah. you know, Paul says, examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. And um, but, um, you know, um, th- I, I'm so thankful that we have that seal. That seal is a very very strong word, and right. um, it's right. sealed. It's a seal of ownership, and. The Bible says that we're born again. I don't see anything in the Bible that talks about being unborn again. Right, um, right. So, you know, right. I disappointed. Something. Go ahead. Something I struggle. It's just I, I deal with folks that have co-occurring disorders too, and I'm thinking of one client in particular. The gentleman's been sober for, sheesh, I think yeah. three years, uh, and he's just got very bad OCD, and he, he continuously wants to accept. The Lord, because he's just so fearful of losing his salvation. I try to explain to him and point to a different scripture of why okay. I believe that is true. You know, yeah. um, hey Mike, we're at the end of the show. I appreciate your call. Appreciate you calling from Philadelphia. Love to hear from you guys out east. But that's it for today's show. We've run out of time. Thank you, everybody that's called in, and we're going to be able to talk to you next time. God bless you. Keep in the Word of God, guys. Keep growing. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.